All right, we're here with best hour of their day. It's not very often that we get to say we have an exclusive, <laughs> but we have an exclusive. Welcome to the podcast, Alyssa Royce, formerly Rocket CrossFit, now Rocket Community Fitness. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Jason. So my very first question, and I told you I had a funny question to begin with, but uh, Alyssa, where do you get the nerve? That was meant to be oh funny. My God, you didn't, you didn't find it funny. You didn't I find was it funny. not expecting that question. Um, where do I get the nerve? It was just a joke question, but uh, you can feel free to answer. But I thought it'd be. Uh, uh, well, now I, I, I kind of want to. I kind of want to figure that out. But I actually don't have an answer um, other than I was born this way. Um, <laughs> I like that. And I had really, really good parents. Um, there probably is there there probably is contextual background that matters to where I get the nerve, but basically I was just born this way. Well, I like it. And our our mutual friend Noah introduced us. Noah from Goose Island or Goose Island CrossFit, and I reached out to you, and you vetted me to make sure this was going to be a a fair chat. And that's all we I want. Think, I mean, yeah. like I've said, this is for the community. This is for the affiliates and. People just want to hear from you and then understand more so about the email and more so about just your thoughts on HQ in general right now. So, so let's, let's maybe start off with some context. And, and actually, before we even get to the context, if someone's listening and they haven't seen your email and then the response from Greg Glassman, where can they find it? It is in the blog on rocketcommunityfitness.com rocketcommunityfitness.com and it's probably one of the more recent no more than two or three blogs ago i would assume uh there's two up there one is the one that uh kicked off this current shitstorm. um i will i would be very careful to point out it did not cause it this clearly was brewing for years um and then the other one is people kept asking what i was expecting when i did that and so i actually wrote a blog post about that and those are the top two blog posts on the blog at rocketcommunityfitness.com all right. So, so let's start with then going back. You, you send this, you know, lengthy, but fair and uh, poignant email to Greg Glassman and, and people don't know what your relationship was prior, because I do think it's different if it's just some random person sending this versus someone that had a longstanding relationship. So how would you describe your relationship prior to sending the email? I'm gonna push back a tiny bit on that before I answer that question, because there is no circumstance and no relationship in which that email was appropriate to send to anybody at any time. Fair um, enough, I, you know. There's, a, there's a certain amount of what was she wearing that I hear when people ask that question. So it's okay, like, surely you. she did something to deserve that response. And I think it's really important to understand that nobody ever, no man, woman, child, friend, anybody deserves to be treated that way. So that's the, that is my, that is my caveat before I answer the question. Okay, then don't answer because I, because I want to have a follow-up and it's, and I'm kind of scrapping my questions. I've always, you're the most organized person <laughs> I've ever been ready for. I had, I had Kelly Starrett, I've had some, some great names on this podcast, Jason Kalipa, no questions written down, just a free flow, but, but there's, you know, so much behind this, but sure. I want to give you a full disclosure and I don't know if you heard it. Um, I read through everything. I got it the same way everybody else did. And my initial response, and I know this is going to come off terribly, but I said it on the show, was like, good response. And then I said that to yeah. my wife, and she was like, no. She was like, no, that's not how a leader responds. It's not. And, and I got 
almost like defensive in my defensiveness about it. Like, who are you to tell me I can't be defensive? And, you know, I listen to my wife and, and I value her opinion. And then I, as I stepped back, I was like, she's right. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. And, and, and you can attest to this. You've been, you know, I've owned affiliates for years. And, and as of you, you said you've owned an affiliate for eight, nine years now. You get a lot of unsolicited advice. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating because it's, it's like, I'm the one doing this thing. Right. And you're telling me how to do it. And I, I said to Noah yesterday on our call, I said, I really, to a fault, looked up to Coach Glassman and mimicked his leadership, or maybe we should say lack thereof. Yeah. And, you know, and I was young. I mean, I was 30. I wasn't young, young, but I was, you know, younger than I am now. And I was impressionable. And I was like, that's how you handle things. When someone tells you this, you're like, who the fuck are you? Right. Yeah. And then when my wife said it, I'm like, you know, and she's like, and my, our buddy Todd, who's on this show, you know, he's like, we just read Ego is the Enemy. Like, you and I literally discussed that book together. How can you say that's okay? And, you're, you know, so uh, I'll give you credit there. You're right. It doesn't matter right, wrong, you know, 10-year relationship or a 10-day relationship. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That's not how you talk to another human being. And I think there's actually, Jason, there's a lot to unpack. I mean, like master's degree levels worth of shit to unpack so well, we're not I got a master's degree Alyssa, so we're <laughs> but, good to go. but there's there's a lot to unpack in why anybody anybody thinks that that's okay and why anybody would look, look up to that right and i think that there's a lot of there's a lot of cultural stuff that says in order to be a winner as if that's necessary to be valuable um in order to be the best as if that's necessary to be valuable you have to conquer control be down and be, be the victor right um and so a lot of people think well i have to look up to people who i think are the strong victorious leaders and a lot of time that's attached to either how many money they have or how many people they're perceived as controlling and so i think that when a lot when you look up to leaders like that that's sort of what you're accepting is the premise for the world that we live in um, and, and you see a lot of that so that's a little bit of a sidetrack but yeah there's no if you walked in and one of your coaches was talking to a member the way that Greg taught me in a letter, or if you walked in to pick up a kid from school and their teacher was talking to your kid that way, how would you respond? You know, it's clearly not okay. So, so. You, you do have a blog post about what you were expecting in response, but for those mm -hmm. that are listening and maybe they've only seen one email or don't have either, can you just give a brief synopsis of what you were expecting to get back and and how shocked you were by what you did get? <laughs> sure. What I was what I was expecting was actually easy. I was expecting absolutely no response whatsoever. Like that's literally what I was expecting. If you read both of those blog posts, but certainly in the very first one, what I hope you will understand is that the reason I sent that letter in the first place is because we did have a pre-existing relationship. Uh, my re relationship was primarily with Brian and Jeff, not with Greg. Um, but we had worked together on social issues, issues and inclusivity stuff in the past, you know, three or four years. Um, and we had had really good collaborations that resulted in substantive change within the organization. So that was the background from which I sent that. And maybe that's the piece that people want, although I stand strong that it doesn't matter because nothing justifies that email. Um, I still, however, expected no response at all. But the reason I wrote that letter in the first place was because 
I had worked through social issues with them in the past using social media, uh, developing systems and things like that. So it didn't come out of left field. Um, and it had been successful. I considered Brian a friend. I am now realizing that I was probably played and that sort of breaks my heart, but there you are. Um, but we, Brady and I were clear that we needed to disaffiliate um, based on the response to COVID initially, and it was just COVID. Uh, we needed to disaffiliate because it was clear that the brand was going in a different direction. But what we were hoping was that we would be able to rebrand without disaffiliating. And I felt like I am actually, a, I'm a marketing and a PR person by trade prior to doing this. Um, yeah, and quite so, a writing background as well. And journalism. Yeah. yeah. So, and, but all focused on business. I used to be a, whatever, I used to be a business columnist. I used to do marketing and PR. So business marketing PR is really entirely my, that's my thing. And I was still quite good at it um, in general. Um, we knew if we were going to rebrand Rocket, we would have to explain to people why we were rebranding Rocket. You know, we have a big footprint in our community. We're well known in our community. If we were going to change our name, we would have to explain it because that's part of rebranding. Why did you do this? And so the letter that I wrote, I actually started writing before the Floyd 19 tweet um, because I wanted these people who I considered friends, who I did have a relationship with that was based on really positive and fruitful working relationship around social justice issues. I would have to explain to them why I was rebranding. And I felt like they deserved that. I felt like they, they deserved to have an explanation as to why we were parting ways. And it was that simple. So the letter that I wrote them, Brady and I had decided was going to serve as the basis for a blog post that explained why we were disaffiliating, right? Or why we were rebranding, sorry. And that's what I sent to them. The, and the can I be clear? You, you say rebranding, you're going to be Rocket Community Fitness, maybe like home of Correct. Rocket CrossFit. Right. At the time, we thought that was possible because we have truly loved, we have truly loved CrossFit. It would be really hard to overstate how much we have loved CrossFit and how much gratitude we feel for what we've gotten as being part of the CrossFit family. However, then the, the George Floyd murder took place and... Profit something. Black Lives Matter protests erupted literally around the world, like in Syria, in Vietnam, and CrossFit said nothing. And this is the largest fitness brand in the world. And meanwhile, they're out saying basically that COVID is a conspiracy theory, that it's a hoax, that it's not real, and that it, you know, a lot of messaging that we didn't agree with. And I felt that because in the past we had worked through inclusivity messaging around the queer community, maybe there was a chance that I could get them to see that I saw them, the brand, in pretty significant peril. Because at this point, people in the affiliate owners pages are saying, where is HQ? Why is HQ saying nothing? And you can see this rift forming. Keeping in mind that I love this brand. I believe in this brand. Um, I saw danger and I literally was trying to I was trying to warn them and say, hey, remember all that good stuff we did around the queer community? We can do this again. Let's, let's nip this in the bud. At the time when I sent that letter, we were thinking we were going to rebrand, but maybe be able to stay affiliated and just be Rocket Community Fitness, who also does CrossFit, CrossFit classes and yoga classes and HIIT classes and all these other things we do. When Greg sent that response, first of all, 
it was like the best belly laugh I've had in a long time. Like I woke my daughter up and she and her boyfriend sort of live in this basement apartment and I woke them up laughing. Um, because what the fuck? I mean, we can like, what the fucking fuck was that response? That was ridiculous. But it also became very clear to me that there was no way we were staying affiliated. So what was gonna be a blog post about why we were rebranding became a blog post about why we were disaffiliating. And the truth is that email became point number one of why we were disaffiliating. And so that's why I posted it. So immediately you get this email, was it just like, I'm out? Oh yeah, it was way out. My husband was on duty, I think, or maybe, I don't know where he was. Um, and I just was like, fuck it, I'm out. Um, and I posted it. I don't know. I think I got the email at like 8.56 and I think I posted that blog post at 9.30. You know, like it was like, you know, you want to tell me to fuck off? Okay. Was there any thought behind like I'm posting this and I mean, obviously you blocked out. I don't remember all of them. I know Greg at CrossFit.com was still very visible. Um, it, what was your rationale behind posting it? Just to, rather than saying, hey, I got in inappropriate response was it just like no this is actually what i received oh yeah for well for sure like you know receipts are good um but also i think that it but to me at that point after everything was brewing i think it was important to me that people see how greg behaved because i think that matters um for better or worse and i know there's people who will always stand by Greg and that's fine. You know, you, you do you, you support the things you support. Like we're allowed to do that in this world. But I don't think people had a real clear idea of how, how he can behave. And we've all heard whispers. Every single one of us have heard whispers of affiliates who have gotten similar letters. We've all, we've all heard those stories. And I guess some part of me, and maybe this is the word you get the nerve. Um, some part of me thinks that, that whispers actually allow shit to continue. And I don't think people should be treated this way. And I think people deserve to see exactly how I was treated. And it turns out that that opened a door for other people to say, hey, I was treated this way too, and it's not okay. I've seen other things and it's not okay. I did not intend to start any sort of cavalcade or revolution, like, at all. My initial intent in writing that letter was literally to save the brand, but clearly I hit a nerve and it was a nerve that I guess needed to be exposed. Have you heard from him since? God, no, please. No, would, but, no, I'm, no. <laughs> would anything change if you opened up your email and there was an apology? You know, it's really easy to say, I'm sorry. Um, I wrote somewhere on my personal blog. I should try and find this because I it, somewhere. I, I have I have issue with people saying I'm sorry because I think people say I'm sorry as if that's supposed to fix things. Um, and it doesn't actually fix anything unless you understand the systemic underpinnings and the damage that was done. And so I, it's really easy to say I'm sorry. But unless you're willing to actually address why it happened in the first place, the damage that it has done at whatever levels um, and show up with a plan on how you're going to fix it. Talk is cheap. It's like Larry David on Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's like, I'll say I'm sorry. I don't care. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dude, is it wrong to admit how much I have a crush on Larry David in that show? <laughs> I, like, I feel like there's something totally wrong with me that I'm like, oh, he's so cute. Yeah. Well, because he, uh, <laughs> you know, 
similar to Coach Glassman in this. He's just like, ah, this is me. But yeah. he's got a lot of redeeming qualities as well. Well, you know, I think we've also all been sold this myth that if I just love somebody hard enough and I just try hard enough, I can fix them. <clears throat> and fortunately, I'm old enough now to have learned that that's not actually how it works. <clears throat> so, you know, the idea that people think how Greg talks to people and treats people is like, okay, is, is really appalling. It's really, it's, it's scary to me. So, I mean, knowing that, there wasn't any hint within this, like, okay, I've heard rumors, I've heard, you know, p other people say something, it's not going to be me. He's going to still be very cordial and friendly to this. I know you mentioned, you know, you didn't expect anything in return, but you also didn't expect this in return either. Mm, I definitely did not expect this. I, d I don't think I'm special. I mean, I think if, you know, somebody, somebody who can treat one person like shit can treat you like shit, like period. None of us, none of us are special. Um, and so I certainly didn't think I was in any way immune to it. It's interesting though, you know, I, I had only ever heard rumors and they're not my rumors to tell. So it's not like I could run around and say, Hey, I've heard Greg does so-and-so because I'm not wired like that and I won't do it. Um, but then he said it to me. So I'm like, Oh, well now this is my story to tell. So now I can show you, I can show you all this. You know, I, I have questions. And Andy got it, some of them in his podcast, but I have questions. I was like, why, why did people not, why did people let this happen? In some way, it's so sad to me. Now I hear stories that for 10, 15, 20 years, Greg Lassen's been treating people like this, and everybody's just been like, eh, it's okay. Because you, you, you hear even Glassman in some article was written up saying, you know, hey, people, you know, people know I can be kind of an asshole. And it strikes me as so sad that nobody ever sat him down and said, hey, you know what? You're actually better than this. Like, you don't have to be an asshole. We can, we can love you for how smart you are. And we can love you for how much you've done in this world. And we can care about you and come along and help you build this because we think you're valuable. Like, you don't have to beat us into submission. We still just believe in you. And that's sort of profoundly sad. Like, did nobody ever say, hey, dude, you know, we love you anyway. You don't have to be like this. Somebody said that to me. That was a big turning point. They said, it was my mentor. And he said to me, people love you despite you. Yeah. And that was a big turning point for me that I was like, well, I just want people to love me. Whatever, you know, so but I'd rather be, you know, you're uh, you know? loved. I'd rather yeah. be, I'd rather people be afraid of how much they love me. You know, like Michael Scott says. <laughs> so, uh, you're naming all of my favorites. Well, you can help me as somebody who loves dorks, but I do. I love me a good dork. Yeah. Well, you know, so going back to the email, you were writing, and like you said, you were considering um, not necessarily disaffiliating, but rebranding. Mm -hmm. So I think that's an important topic because all of this that's gone on in the last few weeks has, for most people, just been a tipping point, the last straw. What, what were some of the things that were going wrong that led to this? I mean, led to not just your email, but for, like, and speak as best you can for some of these affiliates. It was like, the tweet went out, I'm gone. But then in retrospect, a lot of them were like, well, it's actually because I wasn't getting enough from HQ. Sure. So sure. what should they have been getting from HQ? Oh, this gets into years of conversations that I've had with Brian and Jeff, mostly, um, both of whom, whatever, I love. 
Um, you know, there's an absence of communication for sure. There's absolutely no excuse for the absence of communication with affiliates. Um, and I think that that's, you know, go, let's go back to when CrossFit suddenly just killed social media with no explanation. Like we all remember that that happened, right? right. Um, what the fuck? I, I, <laughs> like, so, and, 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 and this has been my challenge to affiliates. I've owned three. And I don't know why, but I've never felt like HQ owed me anything. And I don't know that affiliates feel that way, but from my first affiliate, which was $500 to my second, which was a thousand and my third, which was 3000. We were never promised anything. No, we it, weren't. It was never, you're going to get a state of the union and we're going to tell you about our social media. So where along the way do, did affiliates start to believe they were deserved that? I don't think. Are they? And are they deserve that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I can tell you that in any relationship, that's what I want is communication. Um, the, the problem is that you have to be able to sort of justify what you're paying for. And so we justified our affiliate fee as like super cheap marketing, right? Because it, it, it is super cheap, like $3,000 for awesome SEO. Like it's super cheap. And on the one hand, that was all we wanted out of it. And we got that. On the other hand, CrossFit, whether or not it wants to be a brand, and that's a whole different podcast, but CrossFit is a brand. Like if you call yourself Rocket CrossFit, you're saying that what I'm selling you is CrossFit. If people don't know what CrossFit is or misunderstand what CrossFit is or have, heaven forbid, a negative connotation of what CrossFit is, that becomes a problem, right? So then I'm paying $3,000 for something that might give people the wrong idea about who we are. When CrossFit was really small and somewhat more homogenous, that probably worked really well because, you know, I think that the roots of CrossFit were much more homogenous than they are now. Um, and so then they're trying to make this switch over to, you know, health and wellness and the ability to cure chronic disease, all of which, mind you, I support a bajillion percent, totally understand and, and, and agree with. But somehow the image of CrossFit in the world, still largely based on what CrossFit was putting out in social media, was sort of games athletes and all of this scary hard stuff that normal people can't do. So the, the brand and the social media did all of that and then suddenly it disappeared. And so you're like, okay, well, what am I paying for? Right, if nobody, they're not gonna put out any branding, they're not gonna put out any videos, they're not gonna put out anything, what am I paying for? I didn't actually care as much as I think a lot of people cared because I thought the way that they use social media in the past worked against my brand. And so I thought we were better off without it. Um, but you could see, you could see angst and anger in the affiliates. And so if you have this relationship of people who are paying you money to be associated with you, do they deserve communication? Are they owed communication? I don't know that those are the words that I would use, but, but communication is how you have an effective relationship and you want to keep that affiliate relationship going. So I, I agree with that. I don't think there would have been any harm with having more communication. No. I just, you know, I've spoken about it a lot recently. I think some affiliates confuse I'm paying $3,000 to be in a, you know, think about what the word affiliation truly means. I'm affiliated right. with this company. That's it. Versus right. I'm a franchise and we have our, you know, my buddy owns three seven elevens. They have an annual right. meeting in Vegas. John comes out and plays. We were never promised that. No. CrossFit. We were saying Thank use God, the name. Because hey, I like Elton John. Why, why don't you like Elton John? Why? Oh, no. I, no, just thank God we aren't told how to run our businesses. Like, that's the well, beauty of it. Yeah. Exactly. I think for all, the, yeah. for all the affiliates that want more, 
if, if HQ said, oh, by the way, your colors need to be, you know, red and black. And by the way, you need to have a 5.30 a.m. We'd yeah. be like, wait a sec. I didn't sign yeah. up for any of that. Yeah. I'm out. So I'll, I'll get into the, the, the future now. But aside from social media, can you describe some of the other changes you've seen over the last eight or nine years, good and bad? And you mentioned the, the push for health, which is, of course, you know, my mom squatted for the first time, right? So obviously yeah. positive, but any any other things stick out to you as far as positive or negative from HQ? No, I, I, I honestly, I, I believe that the, the focus at HQ switching towards health was fantastic. I think it was absolutely excellent. I think that communicating that would have helped affiliates buy in. You know, there's all of these places where a simple a simple communication as to what's going on would have made things easier for the relationship with affiliates. And one of the things I said in my original letter is that, you know, they put themselves, thanks to, th thanks to COVID, whether you believe it's real or not, a hoax or not, doesn't matter. We all, you know, most of us had to shut down our gyms and had to figure out how to founder and do this on our own. And unfortunately, a lot of us realized that we can do it on our own. And the tricky thing about the model at CrossFit is that a lot of us found out, affiliates found out that we don't need HQ, but HQ needs affiliates. Like they do, they need us to pay our affiliation fees. They need us to send our coaches to classes. They need us to do all of that stuff. And so it would have been in their best interest to communicate with affiliates and understand what affiliates were thinking, feeling, needing, et cetera, in order to, in order to continue to grow much less completely and totally implode. So. So you bring up the pandemic a couple of times and I don't own a box right now, but I've spoken to a lot of box owners and you're out, yeah. it was a tough time. It was scary. What, if you were HQ, how would you have handled it for the affiliates and for HQ? What would you have done differently? Well, not to beat a dead horse, but I would have communicated. Um, well, and, and obviously, <laughs> but, but what yeah. specifically, what could you have said? I, I think there was a lot of questions about what HQ was and wasn't doing. And so I think actually, you know, it could have been as simple as we want to hear from you. We're listening. We're trying. We need to know what you need so that we can help you. Um, that wouldn't have been very, very hard to do because my understanding is that they actually were doing stuff behind the scenes, but nobody knew it was happening. And so it sort of doesn't, it doesn't matter when people are feeling alone and, uh, you know, and terrified and wondering if they're going to lose anything, simply knowing that they're not alone helps. And that would have been an email that would have taken, you know, 10 minutes to you ever, write. Um, you ever at Starbucks and they've got the tip jar and you put yeah. a dollar in, but the barista turns their back. Yeah. And you're like, he looks Jen, at you like, you I, know? like yeah. I tip you. yeah, yeah, and totally. It's, you know, it's, it's similar. And I think, you know, I feel for HQ on that front because I'm, you know, I'm not involved in HQ. I'm on the seminar staff, but I do hear stuff. And I know all these years, it's been a battle for me because I do hear that, you know, and then we're at the affiliate gathering and it's almost like coach Glassman peeled back the curtain. He's like, look, I've been really trying hard for you guys. And it's like, why don't, it's like, just tell us like, you know, just tell us that in the time, you know, I, I compared it with in a conversation with my husband um, I compared it to like trying to have a relationship with somebody who like whatever in my case, because I happen to be straight. So say I'm dating a guy um, and he generally sort of doesn't listen to me. He doesn't pay any attention to me. Um, he doesn't always show up when I need him to. He says he'll be here at five. He gets there at seven. I really, really like the guy. The sex is great. Um, but like the relationship sucks. And then he shows up all of a sudden with whatever. You've been talking to my ex-girlfriends. 
Yeah, right. Honey, we've all had those relationships. Like, I cannot tell you how many relationships I've stayed in too long because the sex was great. Like, you know. I've never heard that about me, in fairness, but. uh, Let's just say you have. Anyway, so like, so say, you know, I'm dating this guy and and it's basically a shitty relationship, but he keeps showing up with giant bouquets of flowers or gifts or something and all these grand gestures. Grand gestures cannot hold together a relationship. And I actually told Brian that at the time at Whistler. He's like, did you have fun? I'm like, of course I had fun. Like I had an all expenses paid trip to Whistler. Like that's fucking fun, but it's not a relationship. It's not sustainable. And I think that that's, you know, whatever, that's another sort of society thing that we can unpack that you show people you love them by giving them gifts, but that's not actually it. You show people you love them by showing up in the most mundane ways on a regular basis so that they know they're safe with you. And I think that that is true with the relationship with CrossFit and its affiliates, just as it is with, you know, some guy I might be dating. Granted, I haven't dated for years, but yeah. And what I hear when you talk about that is like love languages. Have you read that Absolutely. book by Gary Chapman? Absolutely. No, and for some people, I had an all-expense trip as well, paid mm-hmm. trip. That was enough for me. I didn't need anything else. Of course, I'm not, I wasn't an affiliate at the time, in fairness. Yeah. So, you know, it depends. And, and I've learned this, these lessons with my wife where I'm like, you know, she'll yell at me, can you do the dishes? And I'm like, I just, you know, bought you this, you know, beautiful new car or whatever it right. is. You still want me to do the damn dishes? And it's like, I didn't realize <laughs> acts of different? service. There's a difference between HQ's relationship with an individual affiliate and the affiliates on the whole, right? And, and that that's, as you see when you get any sort of groupthink or mob mentality, as soon as one or two start like voicing their discontent, then everybody else is like, oh shit, yeah, you're right, that's bad too. And so there, it's, it's, it is love languages, absolutely. Um, but, but it's also more than that because you're adding group dynamics into it and you're adding you're adding people's literal livelihoods. Like, I, I don't actually care. Like, Rocket Rocket is thriving. Rocket thrived through the pandemic. I'm, I'm an old lady with no fucks to give. I don't need Greg to tell me he likes me. Like, I just don't, how Greg feels about me, and I, I should look, but I think my actual response to him was, it amuses me that you think I care how you think of me. Um, I should look that up, because that might be funny. So you responded to that email? Yeah, but I said something like that. Like, I actually do not care what you think of me. Like, there's nothing I could care about less than what some dude thinks of me. Um, but anyway, the, so when you're trying to, to grow a business, in fact, the people, you know, you're, to use marketing buzzwords, which I hate, but your stakeholders, their stakeholders are the affiliates. If they lose the affiliates, they lose their entire business. Um, and then if you go one step removed, if affiliates lose their, their members and their clients and their ability to grow and attract new members and clients, then they lose their business. And so it actually all matters. So it's not as simple as, did you do the dishes? It's, are you running around with your dick out pissing on things so that nobody wants to come near you? And I think right. that that's the situation we're in. Yeah, no, I get that now. And especially when you talk, like, let's go back to the pandemic. It's like, you need us and we're losing our people. So yeah. why aren't you helping us knowing you, you know, we need your help to get these people, which in turn exactly. gets us to stay and give exactly. you your $3,000 a year. So exactly. let, and I don't care about the three grand. I mean, I'm psyched to give it to causes that are important, you know, cause we're from here on out, that money just goes to causes. What are you going to give it? That's a great, that's a great statement. Then let's take a step there. A lot of people are de-affiliating and I've seen people say, well, I hope people give it to this and that. I'm like, first of all, that's their money still. So let's yeah. not tell people what to do with their money. But yeah. 
But if you are going to give it to a cause, like, like you're mentioning, where is Rocket Community Fitness going to give that money to? You know, I don't know yet. We're going to ask our members. It's going to go where our members want it to go. Um, this year, it'll almost certainly be something Black Lives Matter related. Um, there's, we've given in the past, there's schools we've given in the past too, but that's not, you know, yeah, I don't know. Our members will tell us where it's going. I, I want to talk about the current state of HQ, and then I also want to have a discussion on inclusion before sure. the end of it, because you're probably, if not the leading, one of the leading models of that in the CrossFit affiliate space. But um, I, I want to talk about these affiliates that are de-affiliating. This is a touchy topic to me because I want to hear what you're doing. You're, you're de-affiliating. Are you still doing CrossFit? I'm not sure how to answer that question. So we've always done, you know, we've had our core classes that we have called CrossFit in the past. We've also got hit classes, which I always think is hysterical because some part of me is like, that's CrossFit. And, and um, I agree. Like, in this so, day and age, everything is CrossFit. Right. Like I, so backing up, going back in time when I was just a wee young puck, but still had no fucks to give. I used to be a, a fitness instructor at the Y in like 1990. Let's see, my daughter was born in 94. So the, no, my daughter was born in 98. So probably like 94, 95, I was a fitness instructor. The Same stuff here. that I did in my, uh, you know, pastel pink puffy Reebok high tops and, you know, leotards and stuff. With a, with a headset, with a headset on, if you were teaching. Absolutely, a, I taught step aerobics, the whole works. Um, Great that vibe. stuff looked an, looked an awful lot like CrossFit, you know. So, like, I've been doing burpees for uh, whatever. I'm 50 now. I've been doing burpees for at least 30. Years. So, are we still going to have functional fitness classes? Absolutely. Um, are we still going to be throwing around dumbbells and kettlebells and weights and barbells and all that stuff? Absolutely. But all of those things existed before Greg Glassman put them together and called them CrossFit. Um, so this idea that, that, that there's something proprietary in that, and I think Greg would be the first person to say there's not. I was going uh, to say that. I think yeah. I've heard him say, I didn't create anything. I just, you, you know... Maybe he yeah. created the thruster. I'll give him that one. He talks, he tells a story about, you know, he was a gymnast and he squatted and he pressed and he thought I can tie these two together, but I'm sure we can find thrusters before 1974. Yeah. And if I have to give up thrusters, I got to say, I'm not going to miss them. Um, <laughs> I was really hoping burpees were proprietary so I could give those up, but they're not. So are we still going to do those things? Yes. But, um, you know, I'm also a USAW coach. Like I actually primarily have been a youth weightlifting coach for years, um, although I'm not I haven't done it for a couple of years, but um, that was all I did. So weightlifting is my true love. Um, and that's going to, that's going to continue. So inside, inside rocket, none of, nothing's really going to change. Now, the thing that, that excites me about no longer being affiliated with CrossFit, and this also breaks my heart, but the thing that excites me is I'm no longer tied to having to have somebody with a CrossFit level one credential, which means the pool of applicants that I can pull from for coaching is instantly more diverse and that really 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 excites me because suddenly now i'm like oh you've got this other certification it's not crossfit but you know it's a much more diverse it's a much bigger pool which means it's almost inherently more diverse and that excites me but to give you a little pushback on that you can push back if, if i would have showed up at your box with my ace certification that i had back in the day and i had the mm -hmm. i had every ace certification you can imagine sure you kind of don't know what you're getting where if you come 
if I show up with an L1 or especially a two or especially a three or four, mm -hmm. you know, you're getting quality. How are you going to, I don't think you know that actually I've never hired somebody without do, putting them through an intern program on my own. Anyway, if I showed uh, up with a level four, <laughs> do I have to go through the internship process at rocket? Totally. I put an N a former NFL player through our blast off program. There's no, there's no exceptions to these rules. Now you might get through them faster than somebody else. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Because how we do things at rocket is how we do things at rocket. Um, and, and I can tell you my level two, which I thought was one of the best classes I've ever taken. Like I would honestly take the level two once a month just for shits and grins. It is that good. And if anybody, if the level two continues to exist and anybody out there hasn't taken it, take it. It's an outrageously good class. But I was in that class with people whose movement patterns and coaching techniques literally terrified me so fucking bad. So I don't think that having, having those letters behind your name doesn't guarantee as a gym owner that I'm getting a good coach any more than any other letters do. Given this current state, and I want to dive into the HQ portion, is there anything that could happen where you say we're an affiliate again? Oh, sure. What, what are some of those things? I, I, I have to be clear my love and loyalty to CrossFit is actually pretty fucking deep. Um, but Deeper than just your relationship with Coach Glassman. Yeah, well, I mean, for sure. But, but it's not deep enough to excuse abhorrent behavior that appears to be systemic. So it's that same thing like where I, where I said, you know, did anybody ever sit Greg down and say, hey, dude, I, I, I can love you because you are smart and worthy of love without all of this. Um, you could be penniless and I would still think you're smart and worthy, right? I feel the same way about CrossFit. Like CrossFit, I, I will love you, but I will not put up with this behavior because it is absolutely abhorrent. So if our relationship is going to continue, I think that you need to be a better version of yourself. Um, and what does, that, what does that look like? You know, so, so let's go chronologically. You're, you said your email and response happened. That was like a day or two before the Floyd 19 tweet. I think I got the email on Friday and Greg put that tweet out on Saturday. The Zoom recordings came out, what, Sunday? So, and then Andy came out two days ago, like... Friday, right. So over the course of 10 days, everyone's world is like, you know, flip turned upside down. Oh my God, it's crazy. What, now, now that, you know, and, and I think credit needs to be at least expressed to the fact that affiliates, games athletes, staff members voices were certainly heard in the fact that Glassman retires and Castro is put in as a CEO. And I think people want blood and people want changes. It's like, this is still a pretty decent blood. size. I, want changes. I do not want blood just to be right. clear. And you know, you and I, I think we've probably spoken in passing, like we mentioned at the affiliate gathering, you seem pretty level-headed. You seem pretty fair about this. Um, so I, I think it should be said that, that was a big change. Like I owned a, a, a small affiliate and I remember it took me about a week to discuss, you know, moving someone to the 5.45 AM class, you know, let alone <laughs> a CEO. Yeah. And obviously Andy's video potentially changes some things, but was, was the, was the shift to putting Dave in as CEO enough for you or what need, what would need to happen? And, and what are some of the things that HQ can do repair the relationship with affiliates? 
That's a compound question. My husband yeah, always gives me shit because I'll ask him two questions at the same time, both okay. of which are diametrically opposed to each other. So, so he first doesn't, he question. Like I can't answer. So first Dave question. Dave Castro is CEO. No, that is rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. As um, Greg Glassman still owns 100% of the company, as far as I know, and I can guarantee you that that man will never get another penny from me. Um, so so. That, you're not questioning Dave's ability to lead, but you're questioning who's still steering the ship. I did not say that. Okay. Um, I don't know anything about Dave's ability to lead. I've met Dave a couple times. He's always seemed, you know, he was always very nice. Um, Dave does not have a background um, that shows that he's particularly concerned about the larger social issues. Um, so that, that concerns me. Um, but also, as Andy said, um, it's possible that nobody was as close to Greg as Dave to see everything that was going on. And so in my mind, I'm more than willing to give Dave a chance. I will give anybody a chance. It's one of my greatest weaknesses, but, but Dave was there the whole time. And so, so it's hard for me to imagine that Dave is not in some manner complicit in allowing this behavior to go on unchecked at HQ. And so if Dave is going to lead CrossFit, that is gonna to have to be addressed incredibly directly. Otherwise, this literally does just look like rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. And I would also want to know why Katrine um, and other people have said absolutely no to Dave. I don't have the answers to that question, but I think those questions need to be asked. Are they saying no to Dave? Are they saying no to Dave with Glassman still as owner? I guess we could go back and look at her post, but I, yeah, I've not read them. I'm not. Yeah, what I what I, I heard just pretty clearly read was what I heard pretty clearly was no. So so we can go back and look at those. Um, and I also, you know, as Andy said in his uh, Andy's podcast was a game changer, and it sort of pisses me off that it takes a guy from the inside to say, "Hey, no, this is a problem," rather than listening to all of the other people who are already saying this is a problem. But but here we are. Um, and Andy was pretty clear that he didn't think he didn't think Dave was was a change. And so I want to know why. I think we have more questions than we do answers. I also think that absolutely nothing changes until everybody is released from their NDAs. Because you don't sign, you don't ask people to sign NDAs and say, hey, don't let anybody know what's going on here unless you're trying to cover up some pretty gross shit. You know? Um, and I also think it's important to note that an NDA cannot be used to cover up a crime. So that's really important. Um, so we need to know what we need to know why those NDAs are the way that they are, and why there's so many of them. And I don't think anything moves forward until people are released, as Andy said. Also, people need to be released from their NDAs to talk about what was happening. I mean, did you hear? Did you hear Jason? Like, did you really, really, really hear some of the stuff he said? I mean, I got questions about booking travel with Greg and a female employee and oops, we only accidentally booked one hotel room. That's, we're gonna have to talk about that. I, I mean, not you and I, but. Yeah. Like. I'm, I'm more than willing to. I mean, I definitely listened to it. I don't, I've, I've met Andy a handful of times over the years. You know, I think not anyone, but many people that have been in his role and Dave's role, I, I looked up, look up to and respect as, as you know, leaders and then as people, you know, that are typically pretty selfless in their actions. I don't think he was lying by any means. I don't think he's a disgruntled employee, like some people are saying. 
Um, I, 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 you know, and I, and I agree. I think it was, it was definitely a, a mindset shift for me. Yeah, big time. I think that's um, good. I know. And, I, and I'm trying. All I'm trying to do in this world right now is be a better human being. And like I said, way back in the beginning, I th- it was a big step for me to admit, hey, that email was not okay. Because it was- Jason, you know, I don't think you understand how huge that is because you're not giving yourself a whole lot of credit there. And I think that you need a whole lot of credit. And I think we, we all do. And I've had some phone calls. I mean, I've had phone calls from people who you would, let's just call them old tough white guys who have been calling me up saying, holy shit, I think I finally see, I finally understand. I have cried more from those phone calls than anything else in the last week that I think this is a real awakening that maybe we are worshiping the wrong qualities in people. Um, and that, that, you know, maybe we actually as individuals, as CrossFit, as a society can be better than we are. And that's really, when you do that, when you say, I finally, like, I finally understood that that email was wrong. What you said was, I am open to relearning everything I thought I understood about what it means to be me. And that's huge because that is the place where change takes place. Without that, nothing changes. So you have literally opened the door to change and that's scary and hard and commendable. Well, credit to Roz, you know? Go Roz. Behind every uh, changing man is a smarter woman, I suppose. Um, but, and, and let I me think add men are that. better than that. For the record, I actually think, I don't think, I think that men are better than that. I have more faith in men than that. But yes, relationships it, change people. And, but, you know, and let me just add one thing to what Andy said. I don't know if Dave is complicit. I have no background in there. My only knowledge of Dave is, is relatively substantial. I've worked with him in three or four different capacities. I think he could be a tremendous leader. I think he could be at the forefront of this. I do think people have to, to work through what Andy said. Yeah. And, and whether that means it's addressed by, I think it would be, it would be tremendously helpful if it was addressed. But I, you know, before that came out, I was very excited about Dave as the leader because I also don't think Dave is the type of person that would take that role knowing he was handcuffed or someone's puppet. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I have, I actually have no opinion on that. That's just um, my just, opinion. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I just know that in order for him, for anybody, it could be Dave, it could be Susie, it could be your adorable dog who's sitting on oh, your yeah, lap. Sorry. He was sleeping. He just woke sleep. up. Um, it could be anybody, but whoever takes the helm has to address those things head on. And it can't be, it can't be bullshit. Like it has to be transparent. It has to be aggressive. It has to be clear. Um, and ironically, I was, my husband was making fun of me because I was like, I still want to help them. <laughs> like, like, that's still my driving impulse is like, we can communicate our way through this. Like we can actually, and the cool thing is, if CrossFit did this, it would be setting a model for so many other companies of how do we address the demons of our past and go forward to build a better world. And that excites me just like, oh my God, what we could do. But, you know. So, so let's talk about that. If- Let's let's move past Andy's statements mm-hmm. and, and, and whoever's in charge. What does HQ do? What are some of the steps you would employ immediately and then over time? Well, I mean, you so the immediate is is acknowledging, addressing, and clarifying the problems that existed in the past and I'm certain still exist now. So acknowledge them, explain them, show that you understand them. You need to open up a dialogue with any marketing buzzword, any stakeholder. 
to listen, to actually listen. You need to build in accountability systems so that you can develop what the future looks like and how you're gonna hold yourself accountable. You need to have outsiders who are part of that holding you accountable. And then you need to be able to sort of put your money and your actions where your mouth is. And it's not easy. It's not gonna happen tomorrow. It's not like they're gonna write like, I can write a damn good letter and even I can't write a letter that fixes all this in one day because this is a long process, but it starts with sort of laying it bare. You know, imagine you made some huge, huge colossal fuck up that was built on just a whole lot of misunderstanding about your relationship and who you are and your wife. And you desperately want to keep your wife in this relationship with you. You don't just buy her a bouquet of flowers. You sit there crying and say, Hey, I understand what you mean to me. I understand the mistakes that I made. I am in this with you to build a better future, you know, et cetera. And CrossFit's going to have to do that to, re to rebuild their brand. But it also sounds like with everything being said there, it has to be without Glassman as owner. There's no universe in which Greg can, no. I, I just, I cannot imagine. No, I mean, I, I, I think a lot of people share that sentiment. I think yeah, I can't imagine. Close I friends imagine. of mine have said that to me. Yeah, he he can't. And I don't know. Like I I don't know Dave. I don't have an opinion on Dave. Um, I don't know that anybody who is that inner circle head leadership can stay. I I just don't because the truth is they have had 20 years to call Greg out on this behavior and they haven't. They've basically codified it and made it the corporate culture. So I don't know how, I don't know how you go forward with that. Is there a world in which Greg Glassman sells his ownership of, of CrossFit? I don't know, Greg. It's hard for me to imagine. Um, you know, I think. Can I, can I, can I say like, you know, you, you, I, I don't know Greg well. We're not like, I wouldn't say that we're friends, but we've had conversations. And to this day, I believe there is a really beautiful, loving and generous core inside of Greg. Like, I think that it's there. I think that it's buried in all sorts of other stuff. And I can't speak to why or how, but, you know, as I told you in, in our messaging, like, you know, I'm a trusting person and I believe in redemption, but it, it, it comes, it comes at a massive, massive cost. Well, I was watching, I think it was the Lance Armstrong documentary recently. Mm -hmm. And I think it was him or one of his riders that said something of, the effect. I'm confused to whether there's good people that do bad things or bad people that do good things. And I think that's kind of where this is at. That's where I am. Like, I don't know. I don't know if he's a bad person who did good things or a good person who did bad things, but I know that the things caused a lot of damage and a lot of harm and they cannot continue. So I mean, he hurt affiliates. It's like, mm, you know, there's a tarnished name right now. It was yeah. already hard. We already had to get over that. This is dangerous. I'm not yeah. strong enough. I can't do pull-ups. But now we potentially also have to battle the, I mean, I spoke to a box owner. I don't want to mention their name. And he had to get on a call with his kids program. He lives in an area with a very mixed demographic. And they said, hey, does CrossFit not want black people to work out? Right. And then I right. talked to somebody else who said, why did you say those racist things? Because all they know is this is CrossFit. They didn't realize he wasn't CrossFit. I mean, and I don't know. Owner. <laughs> so two thoughts. One, he's opened himself up to a massive class action lawsuit. And if anybody does that, that's the end of the story right there. I want nothing to do with it because that's not how I'm wired. But the other, the, the, one of the core problems is that I, I keep hearing 
you know, I heard him say, I'm not racist. And I heard, I heard Andy say, he's not racist. And I heard all of this, I'm not racist, which to me shows a complete unwillingness to look at what that means and if that's even true. There's no way to go forward without that because, you know, if a whole lot of black people are telling you you're racist, you probably need to sit your ass down and figure out why they're saying that. So. You know, and, and going back to, you know, another area that I've changed, I mean, my wife, it's nonstop on Netflix behind me, you know, every, there's a section on life, Netflix, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> there's a section on Netflix these days with, you know, Just Mercy and 13th yeah. and When They See Us and it's, we're reading right fr White Fragility, like, we're, you know, yeah. all we can do is take this, at least on my level, as an opportunity to, to make a change, because I was one of those people, it's like, I'm not racist. I have a black friend, like, yeah. you know, and it's like, yeah, like, I'd like to say I don't care. Right. Right. But I'm just trying to learn. And I used to get mad when someone would say white privilege. I'm like, no, I don't have white privilege. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, I did for the last 42 yeah. years. And I yeah. probably will continue. You know, it's like until the world changes, yeah. we will continue to. So and those, those are hard lessons to learn. And I think it's, you know, it's hard, hard hard baked into the myth of individuality, right? Like that we're all born with the same thing. And if we just try harder and pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, but you know, there are people who are born into this world with no bootstraps. Um, and until you understand the difference between, I personally don't dislike black people and I personally uphold systems that oppress black people in very real ways, there's no progress to be made. And so racism, racism isn't about whether or not you have a black friend. Racism is about understanding the systems that to this day disproportionately impact black people. And that was part of what I said in my original letter that his response to COVID was appallingly dismissive of that. So if you look at the social determinants of health, and if any of us are running gyms and claim to be about health and wellness and don't understand the social determinants of health, then you got to go way back because you are not ready to do this work. Um, and that's, that's the problem. And so I don't know how you get over CrossFit is racist if we're not even going to acknowledge that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And, and while we're on the topic, let's talk about inclusion, because mm -hmm. I think this is a great place to be for affiliates. You know, we're all, it's top of mind for any, everyone. Give, can you give us an idea of your box what is the demographic, you know, male, female, black, white, young, old, is, is it as diverse as, as I don't want to say you claim it to be, but is it a diverse community? It's, it is a very diverse community. It is not as diverse as we want it to be. Um, and so that's something that we are, we are always working on. Um, ages 17 to, I don't know, 75 ish um any given class is usually pretty it's pretty diverse um there are things that we do to actively foster that and there are things that we're trying to figure out how to do more of um in order to be better but yeah we're pretty we're we're pretty diverse so when you say you want it to be because one of my questions was what can affiliates do to be more inclusive so what are the things that you're doing to to help get you there you, you, I, I teach whole workshops on this. <laughs> the, th the thing I miss about COVID is that I'm usually in, in two gyms a month across the country. You gotta get, you gotta get with the times, get that online. I, I don't want to, I, it's like, I'm so not a, yeah, I will, I will get it the online world, and if, I will write the book, but I, if pandemic so, taught us anything, it's, you can do a lot from home. It's true. Oh my God. 
Um, so, so step number one for, for that I always tell people is you actually have to have a mission statement that you can return to when you have to make a decision, right? So you can serve whatever population you want to serve. Like you're allowed to serve. I just want super yoked competitors. Great. Be a super yoked competitor, Jim, but be open and honest about that. So for us, inclusivity is, is paramount. And so we're super clear in our mission statement that that's what we want to do. Um, little things like signs in the windows. We have, you know, pride flags. We have a black lives matter flag. And so that simple thing. Let's you also had the no asshole clause, right? Yeah, we actually took that down, but um, so you allow assholes again. Yeah, we no, but we, <laughs> we we say it in the gym when we do our blast off. We say we have a strict a strict no assholes policy. Um, it's funny if you if you meet my husband, he's he's the sweetest, gentlest, kindest man on the planet, and so sometimes I think he's like wasn't quite used to how much I. I how did you put it in the beginning? Uh, I have the nerve. The nerve, and you have the nerve. I have the nerve. Uh, we also use our social media um, to, to post articles about inclusivity in all sorts of ways. So we, you know, we post about fat shaming, we post about um, racial issues, we post about the social determinants of health. So that the, the steady dialogue, if you look at us, we have a pretty deep, a pretty deep well of stuff that people can look at and say, okay, no, I'm probably safe there. Um, and then once you walk through the door, there's things that we do differently. So in our, the first class, which we call blast off because we're racket. So obviously rockets blast off our first blast off class. We talk very directly about the fact that we don't use gender in our gym. Um, our coaches are actually taught how to never say he, she, boys, girls, male, female, any of that stuff. Give me a quick lesson on that. How would I do that? Well, we don't have men's bars and women's bars. What do you have? 45 pound bars 45. and 33 don't say 35 because they are 33 pounds 15 um, kilos yeah like so, what else i mean are your bathrooms gender neutral well we only have one bathroom so so, so yeah gender neutral we have a tiny, yeah we have a tiny gym more, more um, importantly does it have a bidet uh <laughs> so that is a topic of conversation um hey, i think that rocket <laughs> rocket community fitness needs a rocket up there you know what yeah, I'm saying? living without a bidet would be uh is difficult for me i hate traveling because i love my bidet oh that's my worst part of unless you go to dubai you're all set oh yeah but no we do not have a bidet because i just don't want everything splattering everywhere in the gym but that's a whole different subject fair enough the, the, we don't do the, we don't do rx in our in our, at our gym at all. So everything we do is based on, you know, perceived rate of exertion and or percentage of one rep, one rep max, which eliminates right there the need to say men's Rx, women's Rx. Um, the example I always use of that is that our 21 year old daughter can pound per pound, not even body weight percentage, outlift both of us. Um, she's an extremely competitive weightlifter and she can snatch more than my husband. So if, um, if we were to walk into a gym, the three of us, and there was a men's RX and a women's RX, my husband would probably do the women's RX because that's the right one for him. My daughter would probably use the men's RX because she would have to and she still might not get a workout. And I couldn't do either one of those. So when presented with that, you're right off the bat telling the entire, you're telling the three of us that my husband is a woman, my daughter is a man, and I'm not really good enough to bother. Yeah, so, and whether or not you take it, you know, as specifically as that, you're basically making people feel less than. Yep, you're starting and, right off the bat, you're making people feel less than. So we. So if you have a, a you know, 
you may not call it Fran anymore, but say you have a thruster and pull-up workout, would you even have 95 or 65 written? No. So we what would it look either. like? Uh, we would discuss either a percentage of one rep max or how many reps you can do unbroken, how you should feel as you're warming up. You know, you should be able to do five reps and feel X, you know? And so we really, and I think that from a functional fitness standpoint, it's really important because what we're trying to do is get people at the right intensity for them to increase their fitness without increasing their chance of injury. And so, you know, you would know, I don't know how much attention you pay to the, the weightlifting world, but, but no, no competitive weightlifter gets a workout that says X number of reps at this weight. They say X number of reps at this percentage or how you feel. And that's how we run Rocket. And we've run it that way for years. So we haven't had RX workouts. Yeah, and we can go down this rabbit hole forever. I don't think it's, I certainly don't think it's a bad thing. I would, t I would argue weightlifters have a much better, um, they're more in tune with their body. But, but why should that not be our goal? It's like, no, I want everybody that's that a great goal. Body, and know? it sounds like you must be giving solid whiteboard briefs to accomplish all of that. And that's really every box that's listening at this point can achieve ex exactly what Alyssa is saying, but you have to be able to deliver that message well at the beginning of class. Yeah. And you also have to set a culture where it's like, you're not coming in to win the workout, right? Like, yeah, that's a great point. And, and I think, I mean, from social media, which I think is the easy one, because that's kind of the window into your box. And most mm -hmm. likely, you know, my wife and I, we're, we're relocating and I'm going to Google, you know, CrossFit and Arvada, where we're moving yeah. to, or fitness in Arvada. And I'll probably look at their website and their social media. And, and I know a lot about this sport. So for people that yeah. know nothing about it and they're intimidated by it and they see these articles, you would say to yourself, well, I feel comfortable there. Or, you know, I can bring my family there. I mean, right. what I would tell you, it's the same thing Chuck Carlsville says at the end of the level two is he'll say, hey, you got a lot of information. Don't do all of this tomorrow at your gym because your members will rebel. But, yeah. but certainly start with your social media and then maybe have those talks at the, at the well, blast offs or fundamentals. And, and look, at, look at your website. You know, this is one of the things that black, black affiliate owners have been saying, you know, especially in the last week, but there's no representation. So look at your website. You know, it's, people always say, you know, you dress for the job that you want to get, not for the job you have. And I would say your website is, you know, you dress for the, for the clientele you want to have, right? So make sure your website is representative of your target demographic of what you actually want to see. So I know like I travel, we travel a lot because our daughter competes a lot. So we all over the place with her and we always used to look for CrossFit boxes to drop into. And I would look at their websites and even I like, I know what the fuck I'm doing in a gym. And I would look at websites and I would see a bunch of like super yoked, sweaty people and I would just click away. I'm like, that is not a gym where I will feel comfortable. So what is your website? Your website is an invitation to people. What is it telling you, telling people about your gym? You know, and, and that was something I looked at years ago with my affiliates where I would purposely put a fit person, but then also, you know, somebody that was still in the midst of Absolutely. their journey but I never thought from the perspective of diversity. Yeah. And I think that's important as well. There needs it to is. be, you know, regardless of where you live, a representation of all cultures, you know, or maybe not all cultures, but at, at least do. enough to show that you, you are welcoming and you yeah, are, totally. you know, there for everybody. Yeah. I've asked you most of the questions I had. I think a lot of people are going to say I took it easy on you. 
But you know, uh, it's 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 interesting, Jason. Like there are some people who are really really mad at me, and I know that. Um, and I don't actually care. care. <laughs> um, it's really it's amusing to me. People are like, ah, blah blah blah. Like I give a fuck what you think. Um, but I woke up What's the next, the, oh, go the ahead, next morning. I woke up to like literally direct messages from games athletes um, and from sponsors and from like, I have literally thousands and thousands of messages from people saying thank you. Um, and maybe 10 from people saying fuck you. So I, I, I think that it's worth, it's worth really thinking about what this moment is. Uh, we've, we have all been called to task and so if we want to create a better future, we got to sit down and figure out what it looks like. And I don't know, people might say you took it easy on me. It's like, what did they want? Do they want blood? Like, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't do this. Greg, Greg did this all by himself. I opened a door and turned on a light. The shit show that went on in that room once the door was open and light was on has nothing to do with me at all. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I, you know, to those that would say that, I would say, you sent an email, you got a response. The only alternative was deleting and not doing anything about it. I but mean, what would happen then? We would perpetuate well, the system. I would, I, would, I, would, I would say enough was going to happen the next week, but at the time it wasn't, right? And maybe yeah. what you did was the catalyst for that change. How does it feel to potentially be that person? Um, well, it, it, I've been through all the feelings. Uh, for the first three days, I literally was crying and shaking and puking. Um, and mind you, I had gotten nothing but praise from people for the most part. Like, but I was just like, what, the, what did I do? Um, now I really want to make, well, then I went through the stage of really wanting to make sure that people weren't centering the voice of some white woman when this was really a story about, you know, Black Lives Matter and inclusivity and I, I wanted to not be centered in that. So like journalists would reach out to me and I'd be like, I'm not gonna talk to you. Here are four black affiliate owners you can talk to. But now that Andy's thing has come out, we've got an even bigger, an even bigger issue. Um, and as I was talking to my friend Lauren, who's amazing, um, and she pointed out that misogyny and racism go hand in hand really well. So maybe that's what we're dealing with now. So how does it feel to have been the person who might have opened the door and turned on the light? I'm not sad that I am that person. Um, I'm pretty proud in a way, but I'm only proud if change can actually happen. Otherwise, all I've done is, you know, spit in the wind. So, and I think, cha I think change can happen. You know, Greg always said that cream will rise to the top. I think he always assumed he would be part of that. And I think now it looks like it's possible that he won't be, but I think that we have collectively, not Alyssa, but collectively, all of us who have spoken out, whether or not you've disaffiliated, I don't think that disaffiliating is necessary to create change. And I don't think that disaffiliating inherently does create change, but all of us collectively have a chance to create change and to stand up. And as little as it may seem to you, Jason, the fact that you're willing to have changed your mind and come up is change. The fact that Andy, one could argue 10 years too late, is willing to speak up right now, that creates change. And I don't think it's ever too late to do that. It's never too late. As long as we are alive, we can learn and grow and change. And that's pretty exciting. So, I mean, it feels and, and good. I, I hope the listeners get that because I think for all of this, we're just thinking 
in one very specific area of our life in the CrossFit world, but this is bigger than that. So and I hope, I hope that the people are listening, you know, whatever you decide in the CrossFit world, you know, we'll support, but really this is our, op- this is really our opportunity to make a, a change in the world. I mean, and how cool 20- is that? that's what we always said we wanted to do, right? We were going to save the world with CrossFit. What if we accidentally fix these major social justice issues and deal with all of this crap? Like that's way cooler than, that's way cooler than we thought we could do. Yeah. Everyone's saying 2020 is, you know, kind of been a, a punch in the gut, which it has, but you know, it's only halfway done. Yeah. We've got a whole another half a year to turn this thing around and, you know, and take charge for the future. If you're listening to this, you're probably somehow involved in CrossFit, which to me means you're probably someone who's proactive and, and cares about other human beings. So this is your opportunity to be a part of that. It's been phenomenal. I hope I, I hope I earned your trust after that. You, you, you good? Thoroughly. Thoroughly. Yeah. So people can find uh, rocketcommunityfitness.com. Is that what it is? Yep. Yep. And they can see those posts. I'm sure your Instagram is linked off of there, both business and personal and all that stuff. And my personal Instagram is just cats and food though. Cats and food. Oh, that's what the pictures are. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's not my handle. That's just all you'll get on my personal Instagram. Just got, Hey, Hey, you know what? The world needs more kitten pictures at this point. So, so really cool. And again, if you want to reach out to Alyssa, we probably can see her email on that on that email thread. Yep. <laughs> but um, is there right off the website they can reach out to you if they want to support yep. you or they want to be one of the uh, ten people that are coming at you? They can do that right off there. Yeah, if you're one of the ten people, though, I would sit down and think about why you're in such a strong minority. And 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 be prepared to have your email blasted out there. <laughs> <laughs> Not well, if you're a person, no. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on. I'm sure you get a lot of people that are like, "Hey, I want to," you know, and you're going to be on, you know. Stu's podcast in the near future so you know Stu's a friend of ours so it might be a little more sensationalism that's not what this is about this this show is really about I hope now inclusion of all people and just open dialogues that's you know Fern and I my partner on the show rarely agree on things but we always come back to the fact that we're willing to listen and we're willing to be open-minded and I hope that's all this was today um, and I hope people can can learn from that that's 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 how we make this world a better place Thank you, Jason. It was great. Nice to talk to you. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. If you haven't already, do us a favor, head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself, hit us up, besthouroftheirday at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at best hour of their day. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting best hour of their day.